That was weird. My recording wanted to freeze. Hi, everybody. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to your Friday. You're listening to Crooked News, where we bring you crazy news, hilarious history, and a break from the week. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Woot woot. Okay, so I've got some fun little stories for us today. Yay. I'm going to start with this one. Uh, We're going to start with a judge who has no sense of humor. Um, Oh, yes. Because I was, I had to go take my car to the shop the other day because my engine decided it was time to overheat. And I was watching the people's court and they're still, oh my God, (laughs) they're still doing, they're still doing that during COVID, but they've got the judge on a huge TV screen and they've got the defendant and the whoever else um also on tv screens the only person in the room is the bailiff which i don't oh understand. my god what um, <laughs> yeah that poor guy yeah he's having to go up between the tv screens and like it's it's crazy it was super wow. it was super fucked up it was over a baby shower um i thought it was super funny um but also she has a sense of humor this judge does not um, this is on lawandcrime.com, and this is by Allura Nanos, and it was published January 20th, 2021. So I'm not going to read the title because okay. it gives it away. Um, but let's go. Part of being a criminal trial lawyer is harnessing the power of drama to secure a favorable verdict. A prosecutor in Camden County, New Jersey, however, got a little carried away. During closing arguments in the trial of defendant Damon Williams for bank robbery, the prosecutor showed jurors a PowerPoint slide showing an iconic photo of Jack Nicholson from the movie The Shining. (laughs) The slide displayed the infamous Here's Johnny line spoken by Nicholson in the movie. The prosecutor's point had been one relevant to the case. While showing the photo, the prosecutor told the jury, It's not just the words. It's what you do before and what you do after the words that matters. Williams had given a note to a bank teller that said, Please, all the money, 150, 20, 10, thank you. According to court records, Williams never brandished a weapon or made verbal threats to use one. Still, a frightened teller handed over several thousand dollars. If the jury found that Williams had indeed used a threat of force, his crime would be the second degree robbery. Without that threat, it would be third-degree theft. The prosecutor explained to the jury that just as Nicholson's words were not overtly threatening, the implicit meaning is one of threatened violence. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, New Jersey Supreme Court Judge Lee Solomon, who himself served as Camden County Prosecutor from 1997 to 2002, ruled that the prosecutor's dramatic actions amounted to prejudicial wow i can't talk prejudicial error in williams's trial which means you have no sense of humor uh, wait i'm confused so he didn't so, make any kind of threats he just passed over a note yeah and they're trying to get him on something worse is that what's going on so if the jury I'm found confused. if the jury found that Williams had indeed used a threat of force, his crime would be second degree robbery. Without that threat, it would be third degree theft. 
Okay, I gotcha. So, yeah. Um. Huh. So the dude- and the judge didn't like that they used the Jack Nif- Nicholson picture. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. The duty of a prosecutor is as much to refrain from improper methods calculated to produce a wrongful conviction as it is to use every legitimate means to bring about a just one. Uh, While prosecutors are expected to make vigorous and forceful closing arguments to juries, their comments should be reasonably related to the scope of the evidence presented. The problem, according to Judge Solomon, was that the... was that the use of the Here's Johnny photo raised connotations of violence, although there were no allegations that the defendant had committed any acts of violence during the crime. That implication strayed beyond the evidence and the reasonable inferences in a manner that was inappropriate and improper. Um, The state Supreme Court's order reversed the appellate... I mean, it doesn't really make sense... No. I'm going to say, like, I'll say that. Like, mm-hmm. he probably was just, like, trying to use a Jack Nicholson photo. This it doesn't seem like it was necessary. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't totally make a whole lot of sense yeah. to his point. So I kind of get it. But also, lighten the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> but also, you shouldn't retry him because of a no, Jack Nicholson photo. No, that seems a little photo. bit silly. Yeah. That's a little bit silly. It's wow. Real, yeah. Um, yeah. So that was that. Wow. I was reacting to you, the story you just told. Oh, <laughs> I didn't realize our mics were back <laughs> on. Sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, that was, it was interesting. Um, so we have another, we have another favorite. Um, this was this is on KU... You're okay. Okay. This is on KUTV.com, and it was written by Jeremy Harris, and it was published Monday, January 18th, 2021. So we're starting off 2021 in a in a way. Um, <laughs> police impersonator arrested after stealing donut from Leahy Convenience Store. Um... Investigators say a tip from a convenience store clerk about a stolen donut led them to arrest a man accused of impersonating a police officer. That's amazing. <laughs> right? And so stereotypical. <laughs> I, it's it's incredible. I'm very happy about this. Um, not happy that a donut was stolen, but <laughs> I, I think it's funny that he did it while impersonating a police officer. Um... The tip came from a 7-Eleven at 850E Main Street on Leahy on Sunday. According to an arrest report, police were told that a man wearing a sheriff's deputy jacket had stolen a donut earlier in the day and left while in a white Ford truck. That's so rude. Right? Also, cops don't get free donuts, dude. No, they do not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh... Leahy police looked at the surveillance video of the truck and then tracked it down to a nearby motel parking lot. Officers were told it belonged to 47-year-old Daniel Mark Wright, who was staying in a room at the motel. Um, Officers knocked on the door and made contact with Wright as he opened the door and was asked to step outside. A female was also inside of the bedroom and was identified as Christian Olson. While the door was open, I observed the Green Salt Lake County Sheriff's 
jacket just hanging in the entryway closet, a Leahy police officer wrote in the arrest report. Oh my um, god. <laughs> Wright admitted he was at the 7-Eleven, but refused to answer any questions about the truck, which officers determined was stolen. Um, <gasps> <laughs> police are- you, you know, cops also can't steal cars. Exactly. Um, Wearing a sheriff's jacket doesn't mean you get to just do whatever you want. <laughs> no. It oh does my not. god, this guy's dumb and bad at this. <laughs> he is. Um, police arrested Wright for impersonation of an officer, receiving or transfer of a stolen vehicle, and theft. Um, wow. And then the girl that was with him, Olsen, was arrested for receiving or transfer of a stolen vehicle. Um... Goodness gracious. And investigators have connected Olsen and Wright to the arrest of Adalberto Oteza. Sure. That's a name. Sure. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Who was arrested over the weekend after a 60-mile pursuit across Salt Lake in Utah counties. Oh, Um, my God. (laughs) Arrest documents allege the trio is involved in extensive criminal activity, including vehicle burglary and vehicle theft. And donut theft. Yeah, and donut theft. Uh, Donuts is what The most egregious crime is that they stole donuts. Yeah. And they could have gotten away with all of this had they not stolen the donut. Stolen the donuts. Yep. They got greedy. Yep. The arrest wow. report also states Wright, Olson, and Oteza, or Oz, Ozeta are under federal racketeering investigation. <gasps> oh, God! <laughs> wow. Yeah. It just, it just kept snowballing. <laughs> like, I saw wow. this and I was like, oh, we have to talk about it. We have to. That's insane. Yeah. I wonder what kind of donut it was. I'm really sad that they didn't tell us the type of donut it was. I bet it was yeah, a jelly Yeah, I want to know if it was a jelly. Yeah. Or a delicious cream cheese. Ooh, yeah. Uh, cheesecake nice filled. Mmm. Mm. Cheesecake with raspberry. Yum. Yum, yum, yum. Just saying. I miss J&H Bakery. All right. Yes, me too. Um, (laughs) So this last one is just very cute. Um, This is from News18.com. And uh, owner spends 300 pounds, which is $411 in American dollars, to treat his dog's limping. Later finds out he was imitating him out of sympathy. What? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Puppy. <laughs> um, That's really cute. Right? <laughs> Dogs and humans have oh. a special connection. After all, they are called a man's best friend. Many dogs have specialized training to help the ill or the injured, and even non-trained dogs seem to sense whenever their owners are unhappy. Yes. However, one particular dog's sympathy for his owner resulted in a big financial hiccup for his dad. <laughs> a oh, man, man spent upwards of 300 pounds, which is $411, uh, to get his seemingly injured dog checked up. 
As it turns out, the dog wasn't injured at all, but pretending to limp in sympathy for his owner, who had a fractured leg. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, and, like, there's a video. You can see him limping, like, really hard. Um. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. The London residents- That's really cute. Yeah. The London residents' video is being shared online, uh, and shows him in a plastered cast. On account of his broken leg, he walks with a limp. Walking beside him is his dog named Bill, who is a lurcher. The animal is also walking with a clearly visible limp in his step and struggling to move. <laughs> so funny. Looking at the video, it's obvious why Russell must have rushed to the hospital to get his beloved friend checked out. Right. He's like, what's wrong, buddy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. I'm just walking like you, dad. Yeah. Hammy quit. After x-rays and rounds of examination by doctors, Russell discovered that there was no physical injury to be found anywhere on the dog. Cost me 300 pounds in vet fees and x-rays. Nothing wrong, just sympathy. Love him, Russell said, according to Sky News Australia. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. Isn't it cute? It's really, really cute. I love it. Um, dogs are the best. Yeah. <laughs> Someone said, uh, been involved with rescuing Labradors for 40 plus years. Dogs will do this, confessed another. And then, whereas someone joked, maybe it was copying out of sympathy or maybe it was just mocking his owner. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but yeah, I thought Could that have was been. adorable. Yeah. All right. That's my segment. I love it. Good work. Thank you. All right, let's take a short break. Okay. Okay. So, uh, I went dark. Okay. Um, I was going to go medieval, and then I didn't like it, (laughs) because we've done that a lot lately, and uh, decided to go somewhere else. Okay. So, I decided to go with what it was like to watch a beheading by a, gui- by a gui- guillotine. So, um, not, of course, with blood and guts, but, we're, you know, it was always an event. So, yeah. My grandmother <laughs> at one time was watching, like, this biblical movie where John the Baptist got beheaded on screen. And that has Ugh. stuck with me my entire life. It was literally the worst, the worst thing I've ever seen. Yep, it's the worst. So, let's talk about it. So, apparently, groups of women would gather to knit and watch the blade drop. (laughs) It was common for groups of women to attend beheadings, knitting and conversing while gathered around the guillotine. And now, we gather around and we knit and we talk about murder. So, nothing has changed. (laughs) Nothing has changed. Uh, Except you're not watching a head roll. (laughs) Right. These women initially gathered for local government debates, but officials eventually banned them from public assemblies, so they turned so they turned to executions for entertainment instead. They crafted women have never women have always been the same. They yeah. crafted small items during these events, including f- I don't know what this is. F- Phrygian Phrygian caps or liberty caps. Ooh. Despite their domestic 
despite their domestic origins, the women became associated with bloodthirst and anger as the French Revolution progressed. Oh my god. <laughs> Trictuses reportedly counted their stitches as they counted heads being chopped off. And they and they developed a violent and hateful reputation. <laughs> the literary the literary introduction to Trictuses by Charles Dickens in A Tale of Two Cities, which was pu- which was published in 1859, helped to further this repu- this representation. Dickens had written his Trictuses named Madame Defarge as a Defarge Defagier I don't know Defarge <laughs> as characters who. As characters who would weave executed victims' names into their work. Oh. <laughs> Baroness Orczy's The Scarlet The Scarlet Pimpernel in 1905 also featured Trictuses, who, quote, who sat there and knitted whilst head after head fell beneath the knife, and they themselves got quite bespattered with the blood of those accursed... Yuck! <laughs> yeah. Stop that! Yuck! Yep. Yep, yep. I'm Remy didn't like too. it either. Like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, carts carried victims to the guillotine, fostering the execution's event-like atmosphere. So the guillotine would um, would execute twelve could execute twelve people every thirteen minutes. Oh my god. So I never thought about that. You only ever see like one at a time. It's not like you're just like bam, 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 like. That's apparently how it was. So, which uh, exponentially increased the death count during the French Revolution. Over time, the guillotine's efficacy improved, primarily due to the efforts of Charles Henry Sanson, who personally tested the machine on animals and cadavers. Sanson had tested the guillotine for the first time in public on Nicolas Jacques Peltier. The precision with which Peltier's head had separated from his body apparently pleased Sanson, and the guillotine's use spread. Spectators began gathering to watch soldiers called Gendarm... I don't know French. Gendarmes? Gendarms? Lead carts that carried condemned individuals. One eyewitness described the, the carts. Quote, The same carts as those that were used in Paris for carrying wood... Four boards were placed across them for seats, and each board sa- on each board sat two and sometimes three victims. Their hands were tied behind their backs, and the constant jolting of the cart made them nod their heads up and down to the great amusement of the spectators. Oh. They, this is what happens when we don't have Netflix. And also, what happens when we have the death penalty? That... And well, and, was... yeah, and, um, a crazy, this is what happens under insane monarchs, yeah. is what it is. Um, alright, so apparently the condemned person's words, final words, were very important. Many guillotined victims, but not all, had their last words recorded for posterity. Before his execution in, ni- in 1793, King Louis the... 16th gave a speech to the crowd telling them, quote, I die innocent of all the crimes laid to my charge. I pardon those who I have who have occasioned my death, and I pray to God that the blood you are going to shed may never be visited on France. 
Which makes no sense. No. Officials expected the condemned to remain stalwart in the face of death, but not all abided by this. No. Louis XV's mistress, Madame du Berry, begged the crowd and perhaps her executioner to give her one more moment. Marie Antoinette, by some accounts, uttered her final words as an apology to her executioner for having stepped on his foot. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, goodness. Um. Oh, this will. This is fun. Okay. It's not fun at all. <laughs> Botched beheadings did occur. So, yeah. Sir Nearly Headless Nick, that was real. So, yeah. in 1793, executioners marched Louis XVI to the guillotine in front of a large crowd. Um, the working class commoners arrested the monarch f on 1792, and he stood trial the following year for committing crimes against the people. His conviction and subsequent execution, according to the priest Henry Essex Edgeworth, culminating in the king being dragged under the axe of the guillotine, with which one stroke severed his head from his body. By other accounts, Louis XVI's neck was reportedly thick because he was fat <laughs> and may have required more than one drop of the guillotine oh. blade, which is so grotesque oh god in louis sebastien messier's version of events the first blow only cut part of the king's head and sliced his jaw but it failed to take off his head yeah so fucked up so fucked up that's why it's not used anymore it's really cruel yeah because it's fucked up executioners liked to show off the heads of course I'm going to skip down. And people, of course, had visceral reactions. This is my favorite. Observing the beheading, because everyone's like, let's go see it. And then they're like, bleh. Yeah. <laughs> Observing a beheading often led to spectators experiencing physical reactions, such as fainting or vomiting. Albert Camus wrote about his father's experience witnessing a death by guillotine, something that caused that caused the man to throw up and never speak of the event again. But, of course! Yeah. According to Camus's reflections on the guillotine written in 1957, his father watched as a convicted murderer in, Alge in Algiers died via guillotine during World War I. Quote, My father wanted to attend an execution. He got up while it was still dark, for the place where the guillotine was set up was on the, on the other end of the city, and once there, found himself among a great crowd of spectators. He never told what he saw that morning. My mother could only report that he was that he rushed wildly into the house, refused to speak, threw himself on the bed, and suddenly began to vomit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Camus went on to condemn the death penalty in general, as he should. Mm -hmm. But yeah, what do you think? I hated that. Let's end with this last one that's really fun. <laughs> okay. Miniature guillotines made their way into people's homes. Uh-uh. Executions were big events, and in addition to groups of women, children also became a big part of the crowd. Mothers Jesus brought their Christ. children who may have yeah, mothers brought their children who may have played with miniature versions of guillotines at home in between beheadings. Presumably this taught children how to behead their dolls or even mice in the name no! of fun. Oh Women God. would wear guillotine-shaped earrings, and some might have chopped their vegetables and fruit on their dinner tables with small guillotines well, as well. See, see, now that's practical. That is practical. Yes. I can get behind that. Yes. The earrings and the toy, 
that's a little much. A little bit funny. <laughs> it's a little bit crazy. Yeah. But yeah. Wow. I thought it was interesting. It, it was very A little bit dark. tummy turning. Good job. It can always be worse. I just conjured up the image of Shoot. John the Baptist's head rolling down a pile of stuff. I don't even remember what that was. I just knew I walked in, saw that, and then walked away. <laughs> Are you still there? Ah, I lost her. Lost you. Me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Yes, I'm sorry. That was 100% my fault. Okay. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we love you. And <laughs> uh, remember... You are not a monster. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to Talk Crooked. Music is by Gisla Niebach. Check out our website, talkcrooked.wixsite.com slash podcast for sources and visual aids, as well as resources to get involved. To keep up with our nonsense and stay up to date on all things Crooked, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook at Talk Crooked. To keep the shots coming, access ex- exclusive bonus content, get a free poster, and a shout out on air, head on over to our Patreon. All links can be found on our website. You can listen to us basically anywhere you get your podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. If you have interesting stories relating to our content, please send them to talkcrooked at gmail.com for a chance to be featured on the show. For business inquiries or sponsorships, please email us at carryandkbusiness at gmail.com. See you next time.